Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's so many great scenes in it as well. I think that there's so many. You know, you can do a, a, this movie, a time loop movie, but to be funny as well yeah. is is quite a challenge. Also, but also, it gets very, very dark. It yeah. does get dark. As I say, the original concept was much, much, much darker. darker but it, it, the darkness is still in there. You mm. know, he well, becomes an alcoholic. You know, he throws a toaster in the bath to try and kill himself. Jumps off the top Jumps of the off building. the bridge, yeah. kidnaps the groundhog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's got some great lines in there as well. Always, I will always love the line, a classic line, one of the greats, which is where he says, uh, do you ever have deja vu, Mrs. Lancaster? And she says, I don't know, but I can check with the kitchen. <laughs> Hello, film fans. Joining Flix Watcher in the studio today, we have Scott. Hello. I'm on. Hello. And as always, Kobe. Hey. And we're here to review Groundhog Day. Thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter. At FlixWatcherPod. And on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello, welcome to this episode of FlixWatcher podcast. Today in the studio, we have Scott and Amon. If you would like to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about the things you do, please. Uh, I'm Scott Davis. Uh, I am found mainly on red carpets these days and uh, doing junkets for a website called Hey You Guys, which the lovely gentleman to my left, Amon, used to work for. When did you used to work for them? Is it 2015? 16? Uh, around then, yeah. Let's go with that. Let's go, let's go with that. Let's go around that. Um, which is almost a dream job. Just missing the millions of pounds, obviously, you know. But hey, uh, it's a fantastically run little website. Um, and it's, I think it's the UK's biggest independent film website. So it's just, it just focuses on films, is it? We do TV and stuff as well, yeah, yeah. But we're very focused on the films. You know, doing these red carpets, I always get asked, to, you know, like, oh, no Harvey Weinstein questions. Or the other day it was... Oh, you're, you're don't kind ask, of coached as to what you're allowed to say and what you're yeah, not allowed to say. Don't ask Rosamund Pike about the coronavirus. It's like, why would anyone want to ask Rosamund Pike about the coronavirus? Because some, some, some publications are just stupid. <laughs> yeah. So we're not very gossipy exactly in that like sense. Yeah. We are very much about the films and because it's run by a group of film fanatics that tend to... I think that must really resonate with uh, the actors and the people you're interviewing because they do yeah. get all the kind of 
Daily Mail mm. celebrity people in it. They've got access because they've got such a big readership, but also they ask the least interesting questions. So when it's someone who actually enjoys the films and enjoys what they're about to see, or in, once they're a bit more past the surface, then they must get so few of those questions. They actually uh, we we tried very we tried very hard to keep it film. Myself and my um, my colleague Stefan, mm. um, who is pretty much us two that does it more often than not. We very much pride ourselves in in doing that, and surprisingly, we actually there's a lot of people in the film community, actors and directors who know who we are, and we have like a little scissor. Have you seen the scissor rule before? You've seen yeah. like Tom Hiddleston going, "Here you go," and all of that kind of stuff. So we've got a list of quite a lot of big name people that that know who we are or really like have told us straight on. I love reading how you guys and stuff like that. So. That's very fulfilling, but you know, it's no empire, is it? <laughs> but you never know. We is that can, where you're we can, from? We sir? can dream. <laughs> yeah, uh, my name is Amon Warman. Uh, I'm a freelance uh, film, or <laughs> I say freelance. On my Twitter bio, it says "Pay Me Lots," which I think more people should change it from free to pay me because I think <laughs> there's certain outlets where you you know mistake the free for for free, and uh, yeah, it's irritating. Um, so let's try this again. My name is Amon Warman. <laughs> pay Me Lots. Um, film and TV uh, critic for Empire Magazine. Uh, I do weekly film reviews for TalkSport Radio. And I'm also a video editor. I'm working on uh, my annual uh, edits, the summer blockbuster montage, which is coming out. Are you going to have any films to put in your podcast? Given they, all, they all might be moved back. They might be like a full... Oh, gosh. A full, I, uh, I'm praying that everyone who's who's got big films coming out this summer will hold their nerve. Otherwise, it will be a very short summer blockbuster hmm. montage. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really enjoy uh, doing those. It's, it's, I enjoy flexing that muscle. Um, it's, it's become kind of a you know a yearly annual you know institution thing um over the past of the few years i think this year is going to be the the eighth eighth one well can you can you share his links to it so we can we can share it with our with our listeners absolutely yeah absolutely but yeah no they're 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 fun to do take a long time to put together Mm. but uh, i look at it as like the world's most complicated jigsaw puzzle um in that with a jigsaw puzzle you know every piece has the, the perfect place for the puzzle but if you try and jam a piece which isn't quite right into a place where it doesn't quite fit then it doesn't quite work and I try and take that philosophy and apply it to the montage which is one of the reasons why it takes a long time to do Um, but if you are able to find that perfect clip for the perfect part in the montage (laughs) all the way going through then (laughs) uh, then you know it's it's a a better edit and uh, yeah people seem to enjoy it so it is a bit of an event on social media isn't it (laughs) it's not to sound snarky in any way shape or form but the the reach that his Amon uh, montage does is 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 mad you know mm. there's there's all the big critics in the US who are loving it and you know I remember it being on IndieWire and all these other places <laughs> so it's it's quite wow. a it's quite a momentous day I think I can understand the effort it takes I'm, I'm, have you guys seen The Wire have you seen The Wire I'm yeah because yeah. Yeah. there's uh, one character for, for the listeners who uh, Senator Clay Davis and he has a catchphrase which is um she. <laughs> so one day I took upon myself to do a montage of all Senator Clay Davis's um, <laughs> she and also some of his best lines. And you have to do, I had to like go on IMDb and find out which episodes he was in, yeah. find out the time codes, download those episodes, cut them out, and that arrange them in a way that kind of made sense. And that took me like a, a long time. Yeah. So for you to to do that across a lot of different genres and you're putting this all together. All, all I had to do is find Clay Davis as I Whitlock Jr., <laughs> find his episodes and like scroll, scrub through. 
Um, Please send me the link to this. I want to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do. Um, certainly, we'll do a link exchange. Absolutely. Um, I also have a, a podcast which I'm debuting with Clarice, uh, formerly of this parish. Absolutely. Um, and Hannah Flint. Um, it's called the Fate of Black. Soon to be off this parish. Soon Hannah. Soon to be off this parish. <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's called Fate to Black, and it will be. Uh, it will have all the film reviews and the film news stuff, uh, which you get on a number of film podcasts. But it will also be talking about film culture and film Twitter, and be to the, you know analyzing that with perspective and nuance uh, on a week-to-week basis. Uh, and that should be really, really fun. It's debuting later in March. So by the time this episode is out, you may already uh, have access to it. But please uh, do tune in and uh, submit your questions and let us know what you think. It's going to be fun right. Thank you. Oh, so today we are talking about your choice, Scott, which is Groundhog Day. <laughs> um, can you tell us why you chose it and give us a synopsis in a minute? Um, if anyone in the world, why did they choose it? Groundhog Day? Yeah, because it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I like it concise. Now, synopsis. Uh, I think it's safe to say that Groundhog Day is one of the. Uh, most classic and best modern comedies. Uh, in fact, it's probably one of the best comedies of all time. It's one of my favorites. Uh, it has one of my favorite, most favorite people in, um, the Groundhog. <laughs> <laughs> he's great. If you've seen him in Ghostbusters, honestly, he's, he's fantastic. No, of course it's got the, the wonderful uh, Bill Murray. Um, and I love his philosophy on acting, which is, I will call you back if I want to be on your film, yeah. but don't. Just leave me the hell alone. <laughs> I do love him of recent years because he went, he dipped down a bit after the Groundhog Day and then he's come back up as just like uh, the person everyone wants to meet. And I think you can thank Wes Anderson yeah. for that. I think Wes Anderson has found his new, well, actually, and Sophia Coppola yeah, to a degree. I think, I think they've both tapped into his, his kind interests. of his old man, yeah. grumpy old man persona and managed to, to get out amazing performances. But yeah, Groundhog Day, I watched when I was a kid, absolutely loved it. Didn't quite get it when I was a kid, but mm. over repeat viewings, similar to what Bill Murray has to do in the film, <laughs> it just gets better and better. Um, if you don't know Groundhog Day, shame on you. Um, <laughs> At but, this point, I should probably probably reveal that I only watched Groundhog Day for the first time earlier today for this podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> And you're a film critic. Uh, look, we, we all Tuesday, have our blind spots, okay? Tuesday, March the 10th, 2020. Oh, oh, seen Ground, if you've never seen Groundhog Day, uh, it's the story of, of uh, Phil Connors, a local weatherman who every year goes to Gobbler's Knob in Punxsutawney to cover the Groundhog Day events, <laughs> which sees uh, Phil the Groundhog tell us whether there will be uh, six more weeks of winter. Uh, and it's an annual thing that they do, even still to this very day. And uh, one day he goes, one year he goes, and uh, then he wakes up the next morning and discovers that he's living the same day over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that the film is what coined the phrase Groundhog Day. Well, yeah, I mean, this is, this is an outstanding film. We, you didn't talk about the rest of the cast, uh, Andy McDowell. Yes, Andy McDowell is in this, obviously uh, famous for Four Winds and a Funeral, uh, and recently seen in Ready or Not, which is very, very good if you've not seen it. Yeah, I've not seen it. Uh, also, uh, the great Chris Elliott, who appeared in something about Mary and uh, was on Saturday Night Live and lots of other things. Mm -hmm. uh, and also Bill Murray's uh, brother, who seems to pop up in every film that he's in. Brian uh, Dorn Murray. Brian Dorn Murray. Yeah. Oh, and of course, the amazing Stephen... Uh, Tobolowski, yeah. Tobolowski, who is uh, the Ned. world famous Ned Ryerson. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, really good cast, and it's directed by Howard Ramis. Uh, oh. who very sadly, isn't with us anymore, but he uh, he makes a short appearance in this. He makes a short appearance as a as a as a uh, as a doctor, 
Uh, and he also most famously played Egon in the two Ghostbusters films. And you, you missed that. Um, it's Michael Shannon's first film as well. Yeah. I forget about Michael Shannon. Yeah, yeah. He's, oh, is he? He's um, the married couple. Fred. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, at the end. Yeah, they give him the wrestling <laughs> tickets, don't they? Uh, <laughs> Michael Shannon. Did you know it was Michael Shannon when you watched it? I didn't. For the first for time? Some, I, I didn't cut that somehow. That's amazing. That's what happens. Very quick. When you rewatch it, you'll, yeah, uh, you'll get I it. To watch it again. Yeah. And again. And again. <laughs> so it's interesting. You said you saw it when you were younger. I think I saw it when I was younger. And I think interesting to know what you thought it was about when you watched it. Because <laughs> I think I remember I knew what I, what I thought it was about. I want to see if it's the same thing. So my, I won't, I won't ramble on, but my, my story was when I was about 10 or 11, that was when I started getting into films, which was about when Groundhog Day came out in 93. Yeah. I can work out my age from that. Um, and at the time, uh, it was my uncle who's still, my mum's brother who still lived at home with my nan and granddad. He had an array of videos. Some I was allowed to watch, some I was not allowed to watch. <laughs> some of those other ones included me going, hey, what's an American werewolf in London? <laughs> You're 10, Scott, you can't watch that. Uh, but I managed to watch it a year later. Um, but I th I'm pretty sure around that time uh, was when I watched Ghostbusters for the first time and mm. Ghostbusters 2 introduced me to Bill Murray. And then that's when I watched Groundhog Day for the very first time. And honestly, if I, I can't remember specifically, but I'm pretty sure I watched it for the first time. I thought it was really funny. I have absolutely no idea what that was about. It's a very strange concept. It is a very out there concept. And it's one of those concepts that over the course of time endures so well because it is so original. And so it's such a simple idea as well. And, you know, if people have tried to replicate it over the years, have tried to do something similar to this. Was this the first time loop film? I think it's been done, uh, I mean, there's different variations of it. Obviously, something like, uh, whether it's the, not so much the repeating, but in terms of like, if you look at A List of Wonderful Life, it's about a guy sure. looking at his life in a different different way and mm -hmm. has to has to change the way that he lives his life. Have you life seen It's a Wonderful Life, man? Have you seen It's Wonderful? Oh my goodness, and also, man. Didn't... <laughs> <laughs> I'm on. I'm on. Are you listening, leave? Empire readers? Oh my gosh. Should I just leave now? Oh my gosh. No, we're here I'll, to talk I'll... about Groundhog Day, which you have seen. But so. it is... I, was, I was just going to say, whether or not it's the first sort of time loop film or not, it has reached the status whereby it's, it's uh, well, I'd say it's reached diehard status and then, mm. you know, there's so many sort of variations on the diehard sort of, you know, archetype now, where it's yeah. like, you know, diehard on the train, diehard in the White House, diehard and etc. Yeah. Groundhog Day is the same thing. Yeah. And when you reach that type of status, you know that it's a special film and it's definitely sort of worthy of that status. I only watched it early today um but uh i could definitely understand why um you know people use that saying and you know you're right that many people have been trying to emulate it across you know movies and tv um but uh yeah this the way in which um this is executed in this film i'm not sure anybody's bettered it even though they've tried to emulate it what what, what do you think Groundhog Day was yeah, about was... when you were young again what do you think it's about now so definitely i think the kind of romance bits I thought were a bit boring. So basically around this- When you were younger. Yeah, so okay. around like the early nineties, I basically loved Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, Scrooge mm. and this. Mm. Um, and the bits with the groundhog and kind of the bits where he's quickly reliving the days, um, like where he puts a toaster in the bathtub and the kind of like car chase with the groundhog. <laughs> that was probably definitely my favorite moment. Yeah, I think so. I th I when I was younger, the concept did kind of go over my head. I, it was more, it more 
I kind of enjoyed it because of Bill Murray, Bill Murray doing Bill Murray. Yeah. You know, I remember actually watching Ghostbusters 2 for the first time and it took me so many years to work out, you know, the bit where he does the world of the psychic and he goes, this is Peter Venkman saying, and he points to his head. He doesn't say what the joke is. And it took me until I was about 21 to realize, oh, it's because it's the world of the psychic and stuff like that. <laughs> so what all of you are saying is that it's good that I watched it, you know, at this point I'm in my older. life as opposed to younger in my life. I, I think understand, you get the nuances a bit more. On. Yeah, I think... You, I think <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. The, the, the nuances and what it is trying to be about, I think. So what is it old, trying to be about just to lay it out there for, for a mature there's, audience? There's, very di- there's lots of different, people have written, there's so many kind of essays and everything else about Groundhog Day these days. People have said it's, you know, it takes the, the onus off of its wonderful life where it's, a, it's an old kind of farty ass guy who's stuck in his ways mm. that doesn't want to be bothered by anybody in life and has to kind of get himself out of it. Um, people have said it's it's about purgatory, you know, guys stuck in purgatory. Some people have said it's God playing a trick on probably the worst guy in the world because he's such a bastard to everybody. <laughs> um, but I just, I think it's about, for me, I, I've always loved the fact it's a guy just trying to make his life better to try and be a better person. Um, and it, 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 it takes someone like Bill Murray to make that concept work. I think if this was, you know, Jim Carrey or Steve Martin, two people who I absolutely love, it just would not work. Yeah. It's that old, grumpy... Uh, kind of misogynistic guy who just wants everyone to leave him alone and let him do what he wants to do. And without him, it, this just doesn't work. Absolutely. Um, I think Tom Hanks was originally yeah, cast was in yeah, the yeah. role. Mm-hmm. But Tom Hanks, I think by his, by his own admission, uh, sort of said that, you know, too he, nice. he's too nice. Too nice. And everyone will, be, everyone will be waiting for that turn to niceness, whereas mm-hmm. Bill Murray can pull off the, you know, mis- misogynistic... Uh, well, strangely, to, in the when it was first written by the guy that wrote it... Um, and I know some of this from Wikipedia, I know some of this from Simon Brew's podcast, because he's so good at what he does, Um, that the original script was much darker. Mm. You know, it was about an alcoholic and and he did terrible things and everything else. And then at the end of the movie, not to, it's not a spoiler, but he got out of the the Groundhog Day time loop, but then Rita's character goes into the time loop. So she, she does the voiceover at the end of the film and she's then stuck in what essentially is purgatory, is purgatory yeah. or whatever. Um, but I think obviously then when someone like Harold Ramis comes in and then they bring on Bill Murray, it's immediately it, it changes. But I think what's great about this is they kept the original writer on and they kind of worked it to where it would kind of sell to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kept adding layers and layers and they worked on the script so, so much to just get everything perfect. But I think no matter how perfect the script was or how perfect the, the director was or anything else, without Bill Murray, this just does not work. Mm. Uh, and for me, I think this is, his, this is his crowning achievement, even though he's done so many amazing <laughs> things sure. over his career. I think he's just, it's just everything about it is up to his, his skill and his abilities as a comedian and as a person. And I think, I don't think he'll ever better this performance. I think that's why it's endured so well. Um, yeah. What's Groundhog Day for you, Helen? Your thoughts? <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I I really enjoy this film. Um, there's lots of things that I really like about it, and there's rewatching it again. I know you put this in the notes, kind of post me too. It's really interesting that when he basically starts using the information that he's kind of picked up from the repeated days to try and woo Andy McDowell, it kind of comes to a point where she kind of works this out. And he decides that actually that's not kind of um, the routine. So where it could have been slightly sinister and not have aged particularly well, it's kind of interesting that he's like, oh, no, actually, this isn't going to work. And um, 
he just kind of works on himself rather than trying to kind of trick people or force people into doing things. So I think it's kind of interesting, but I think people remember it being a bit more that he kind of, the plot is, oh, yeah, but basically he just kind of tricks her into falling in love with him. It's not that. It's a little bit um, more clever than that. And there's some other bits that I really like. I really like the bit where he fits an entire cake into his whole mouth. <laughs> That's such a great scene. It's a great scene. Um, and, I love said, that, and he that, says what doesn't he yeah. he's just looking at him all that whole time. that whole table of, of cake that's one of the things because generally that's one of the things if I was stuck in a time loop we'd be like well fuck it let's see how much cake I can eat <laughs> <laughs> and it, it also it gets to the whole Groundhog Day thing really quickly yeah. mm. basically the film starts is doing the weather and you think like there's going to be this whole setup, blah blah no they go and see the Groundhog Andy McDowell does the Groundhog cute face thing it's really mm. funny and then it gets going um so I forgot that it was actually pacier. It's um, it's only one hour and 41 minutes. I actually thought it was longer than that, but it's not. It's um, much shorter than my brain remembers it. Yeah. Now, you're absolutely right on, on that Me Too point. It's only when he starts becoming selfless mm. that Vita falls for him. And that's a really, really nice touch. And you're right. This film has aged so well. It's a timeless movie. It came out in 1993. Watched it earlier today. And yeah, it's, it still holds up very, very well. I think that's partially because there's no sort of pop culture references in the 90s in the film. It's true. When you look at mm. the comedies today, it's full of pop culture references. Mm. In a couple of decades, it's, you know, it's not going to... A couple, of, gonna, couple of months. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, whereas this doesn't have any of that, and that helps. One, one other thing I really like about the script, it doesn't explain how he's oh, right, landed yeah, yeah. in this situation. And that was, that's a key thing in the in the making of it. I think they yeah. in the earlier versions, they tried to explain it and got themselves yeah. caught up in a right. massive knot as to, and then just like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't have yeah. to have a, I mean, he's going to see if a groundhog is going to predict winter or spring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you kind of, you're, in, anyway. you're in that world already. <laughs> yeah. Also, the point you made about the Me Too thing, because there is the mirror of that in the sense that he, in the beginning, he does utilise that stuff to get, specific women into bed mm. that is the, the one thing that he wants to do because you know from a male's point of view what would you try and you know rats and sexist or misogynist someone like that would use that to his advantage to try and sleep with everybody that he can and when he's done you know you don't see specific times but he could have worked his way around the town of all the, the yeah. ladies and then gone oh i'm done now. what do i do now and that's the thing you don't again you don't get you, you don't get an, an exact amount of time that he's there mm. um i've heard stories where it's like 38 like days <laughs> I've heard stories like we're supposed to like 10,000 souls or 10,000 regeneration. 90,000 days. Yeah. Like, yeah, 90, yeah. yeah. Um, but the whole kind of what would you do if you were caught in this time loop? And inevitably you would end up just going, well, let's see what happens with these people. Let's see what happens there. And after the after the second loop, I don't think you, you really get an idea of how long is in between each, each time. Yeah. I think that's down to the editing as well because there's lots of – there's. Um, the the symbolic thing of uh, the amount of times that she slaps him because mm. that could have been infinite you yes. know it could have been a million times that she slaps him and everything else but I like the way that it cuts that into such a quick kind of minute yeah. thing yeah. but then you think yeah there's no it's just infinite in many ways but to your point all that repetition which is really really great there are many films of the silk where the lead character would become a completely different person over the course of the film. This still has uh, Phil, he's still the same person, he's just a better person. And there's a difference between those two things. And I think this film gets that balance right. I've seen many films of this type of ilk where, you know, it's, it's, it's incomparable, the, the person at the end to 
person at the beginning, but because you see that journey, right? Mm. You know, they, they 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 really execute it really well in this film. It's still fundamentally Phil Connors at exactly. the end of the film. Yeah. yeah. Has anyone seen uh, Groundhog Day the musical? No. I've heard it's quite good though. Yeah, it was a musical. Tim Minchin wrote it and it came oh, really? to the old Vic like three or four years ago. And it for me, it was, it was absolutely outstanding. Um, and it went transferred to the West, to sort of to Broadway and it failed there. And I don't know why Tim Minchin behind the music was great. Um, it's Groundhog Day, they did it well and it didn't work for a reason. But hearing Tim Minchin and I can't, I don't know who wrote the book, his explanation for how long Phil Connors was stuck in the Groundhog Day was I wanted him to be there long enough so he can learn to play the piano as well as he does. Mm. And that's that was the kind of time frame. He was like, I didn't really care about the souls or how the loop is working, but he needs to be there enough to, play, to be able to play the piano as amazingly as he does at the end of it. Um, this film is a stone cold classic in, in my in my point of view. And I, really, I love that I came to it just like, I love Bill Murray. As a kid, it was like Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy, Bill Murray, if they're in a film, I'm going to watch it. Mm -hmm. Maybe on Schwarzenegger as well. It's like, if they're in a film, I'm do going it, to... Do it yeah. now! Yeah, exactly. I'm going to you, just, you just immediately... <laughs> watch it. Watch it. Yeah, yeah. and I think at around uh, it was around the time, obviously, I was obsessed with Steve Martin when I was a kid, and that's mm. that's where I got into comedy and then liked, um, same as you, Eddie Murphy, and then watching stuff like The Naked Gun. And then post this, a couple of years later, obviously, then uh, Robin Williams as well. And a couple of years after that, obviously, then Jim Carrey came into everybody's lives. And when we were teenagers, that mm. was... From, from me and my friends, that's all we wanted to watch was Jim Carrey movies. Um, but I think the fact that, it, it, again, it's, that it is Bill Murray. And, it, you know, he it, it was in a period where he was making arguably not his... So yeah, <laughs> not, not the best. I mean, apart from Ghostbusters, and he obviously still to this day will not say anything good about Ghostbusters 2, even though I really like Ghostbusters 2. After Stripes, and obviously he was in Tootsie and mm -hmm. stuff like that, it was really that that he was doing but then as soon as Groundhog Day came out it was the, almost an explosion of like oh people started to be oh Bill Murray is, is actually pretty good in the right with the right material and I think coupled with Harold Ramis I think it's you know the right match made in heaven if you like I think uh, yeah his kind of Bill Murray assance um, with Sophia Coppola and Wes Anderson is my is my favourite period but I think this is my favourite favorite Bill, Bill Murray film and his uh, his turn in the first Wes Anderson film is in Rushmore, Rushmore. Love that, love that so to bits. Him and yeah. that is just has me in stitches all the time. Um, so I think, I think for me, um, Steve Zissou. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, is it's it's my favourite Bill Murray, and it almost feels like he is sort of playing Bill Murray in mm. that as kind of a, a bit of a reflective piece. I mean, I like this, but Bill Steve Murray in Zizou, that, yeah, yeah, is. But it all, it does all stem from this, doesn't it? His his change up. Well, after he did Groundhog Day, he, there was a lot of failures that he he made you know apart from i think what about bob came out around the same time yeah. and that's got a bit of a cult following but then he made um man who knew too little and he made the film with the elephant and all the other stuff in between and didn't really go but then as you say rushmore completely changed everything and then obviously they needed loss in translation and yeah, did his did his, did his did his uh oscar face when sean penn won <laughs> <laughs> because no disrespect to sean penn I thought Bill Murray was that for Milk? You won? No, it was for yeah. Mystic River. 
Okay. It was the same year. Um, I thought, and many other people thought that that should have been Bill. his. Yeah. Because I think he'll never get a chance. He'll never get a chance again. It's the thing with. Do you not reckon the, Wes Anderson will give an opportunity? No, the the, the Academy won't reward Wes Anderson. <laughs> no, they, they'll never well, do it. Yeah. The Academy is awarded a foreign language international film, mm-hmm. so maybe. Well, but, but that's the thing, because like you know, Moonlight won, and yeah. then they followed up that with Green Book. Parasite winning. What's going to be? What's going to happen next year? Be afraid for what's <laughs> going to happen in 2021 because of my obsession with with the people that, the comedian people that we've mentioned i mean they're not comedians they're actors but they're known for com- comedy films i think the general consensus and the joke always has been with their community is that they never give oscars to stand-up comedians mm-hmm. i think robin williams is the exception but again it was in a drama it wasn't in anything to do with yeah. robin williams ism so i think i think a lot of people like bill murray have have come have come good look at jim carrey and the truman show you know or in man on the moon or robin williams and i think steve martin's given some great performances that people haven't seen before so i don't think if he's ever going to win one it would be i think he's just done a movie with sofia coppola again where he plays a father to uh rashida jones which is coming out i think at the end of the year i think it would take something like that rather than a wes anderson film because i think you're right wes anderson movies thing but i think talk about bill murray i mean this Everyone probably goes to Ghostbusters, but outside of Ghostbusters, it's, well, yeah, I mean, it's Helen always grand. That's Scrooge as well. Which I yeah, I love that film. Love <laughs> one of the more flawed ones, but it's still his performance in that. It's just playing, or playing Scrooge. It's just great. Bill Murray and Scrooge together. I just like great a really grumpy Bill Murray. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny when we look, at all, we look oh, we can't see them, viewers, but we're looking at Bill Murrayism. The one in the bottom Face. right corner. That I love that it. sequence yeah. where he's like, Ah, oh, a thousand hundred people. You idiots! <laughs> <laughs> you hypocrites! All of you. I mean, it's so funny. That's his transformation in this is great, and mm. uh, we've had a few other uh, time loop films in the podcast. And when you think about it, they, they must actually be quite cheap to make because mm. almost they've seen one play run that a few times. Okay, let's go to let's go to day two. You still wearing the same clothes? Just run that again. So it must actually be quite a nice. Film to make, and yeah, I think the, this, the resets will be very, 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 very. Uh, I, I do, I do love a, a time loop film. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah, they were like time my travel, favorite. obviously, yeah. as well is good. I think as well. I read somewhere in the last couple of days. I can't remember where it was somewhere, but about how much of a challenge it must have been for the supporting cast because the amount of repetition. Because he doesn't necessarily repeat everything, but yeah. they have to repeat pretty much the everything same. that they do. Yeah. You know, the sequence we were talking about where he puts the cake in his mouth. That's you see that a few times where Chris Elliott comes in at the same thing and the guy drops the plate and all yeah. that kind of stuff. That must have been such a, a <laughs> challenge. Whereas Bill Murray's just sitting there eating cake and drinking <laughs> coffee from the from the from the uh, from the what do you call it? The kettle. Is yeah. it the kettle you went to from? Whatever. But um yeah I there's lots of time loop movies and lots of time machine movies you know obviously Back to the Future is is a classic for many people but I don't think anyone as like you were saying before every ingredient is perfect everything is measured so so well in this that literally everything every note that they hit hits it absolutely perfectly yeah now we're lucky enough to you know watch a lot of really good movies Mm. during our jobs there are very few movies that make you want to be a better person like the last movie I can remember in recent times, is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. No, that movie, you know, it made you want to be a better person. And again, you know, Tom Hanks, you mentioned earlier, just, just the nicest person in the world. And that was a perfect role for him. This is another one of those films, those rare movies that make you want to be a better person. That's a very short list, but this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to say anything else before we head to the scores, guys? 
It's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, I mean, there's, there's so many great scenes in it as well. I think there's so many, you know, you can do a, a, this movie, a time loop movie, but to be funny as well yeah. is, is quite but a challenge. Also, but also it gets very, very dark. It yeah. does get dark. As I say, the original concept was much, much, much darker. darker but it, it, mm. the darkness is still in there. You know, mm. he becomes well, an alcoholic, you know, yeah. throws a toaster in the bath to try and kill himself. He jumps off the top Jumps of off the, the bridge, yeah. kidnaps the groundhog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's got some great lines in there as well. Always, I will always love the line, a classic line, one of the greats, which is where he says, uh, do you ever have deja vu, Mrs. Lancaster? And she says, I don't know, but I can check with the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Even to this day, it's just brilliant. And the old, you know, the the the, the, the old guy is guarding the money. Yeah. He has his he has his one, when, two, when, the car, yeah. three, four. Wind blows, goes, yeah. bend over. A gust yeah, of wind. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, I love the phases where there's the, okay, he's trying to sleep with people phase and he's trying to um, like do bad things and just steal money. Um, and then he just gets super depressed and tries to kill himself. Mm. But then, when it becomes like, oh, I need to get there in time to catch the kid who's falling out of the tree and that kid never apologizes. Mm. And then he goes to that phase of trying to save the old guy, um, which is just heartbreaking. And no matter what, and the um, the person at the hospital um, just says, some people are just old. Mm. And that must've been heartbreaking. He's must, I must've tried a thousand times to save mm. this guy. And it just doesn't just doesn't work. So it goes through lots of different iterations of what you can try and do in that time. I think with all these movies as well, you have to see them hit the absolute rock bottom mm-hmm. before they can yep. not so much transform, but they can they can start the climb back up. And that probably was his rock bottom where mm. he just again and again he just couldn't help this this one person who in the first instance he just dismissed. And that's when you rewatch it, you kind of see those instances, you just like he goes past and always kind of like, oh, mm. this guy. And then in like half half an hour through uh, maybe give him some money and then it becomes the focus on, on this on the old guy for, for five minutes and that's just genuinely one of the amazing things that makes it super rewatchable we've talked a lot about Bill Murray and rightfully so but Andy McDowell yeah, yeah. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth I was I think I was legitimately in love with Andy McDowell when around this time should, this green card um, for weddings even though I don't watch it but I, I think again this this is her film though as well as, yeah. as much as as much as Bill's hmm. she's really funny mm-hmm really funny and brings like the kind of lightness and brightness to um, grumpy old um, Bill and like her hair's great in this <laughs> great hair. isn't her hair always great isn't it always yeah. like this big like bouncy but yeah she's mount. so she kind of the performance in this um, reminds me actually of mini drivers in Goodwill Hunting mm. and they, they both kind of play this sort of very sort of down to earth kind of fun and bright um, person, which often in kind of the romantic role for a, a woman is is not kind of like the fun person, yeah. and or they always tend to be kind of a little bit stuck up somehow. But in in this and in Goodwill Hunting, there's the kind of fun person that you want to be around, and kind of the funness kind of rubs off on people that are around. That's always one of my favourite bits in this is the subtle bit when he's trying to woo her. And um, what should we drink to? And she says, I like to drink to world peace. And he's like, fuck, she's that, she's a good person. And that's, and that's one of those kind of key things where you just realize you've already seen that what kind of person she's, but that encapsulates exactly who Andy is mm-hmm. and him trying to um, weasel his way into her. She sees through it. Yeah. Um, scores? Let's head to the scores. Let's Hello, I'm Sam Pei. And I'm Martin Zotz-Austwick. And together we host a show called Song, Song by Song, Song, where we deal with the music of Tom Waits. We've been going since uh, 2015. Every week we talk about a new track. Uh, we've made our way through 15 seasons so far of his music. And now we're going back to the early years. 
And if you haven't listened to Tom Waits before, it's not the growly stuff. It's not the stuff where he's hitting an automobile with a bone for percussion. <laughs> it's a nice, easy way into his music. If that sounds like something you would be interested in, you should check out our website, songbysongpodcast.com, or put Song by Song into your podcatcher of choice. Welcome to the Flix Watcher scores. All of the scores are out of five and you may have decimal places if you wish. And we will start with you, Scott, with your recommendability, please. Did these go up to 11? <laughs> <laughs> this, is not, this is not Spinal Tap. This is not Spinal Tap. <laughs> Another classic comedy. Um, it's, it's, it has to be a five for me. Um, we've talked a lot about this and its kind of durability. And there's not many films over the over the course of you know especially in the last sort of 30 40 years that mm. that take a concept run with it and actually somehow make it better than you could have ever imagined it to be um and the fact that bill murray's in it just makes it awesome anyway um but for me i think it is a stone cold comedy in fact it is one of the best comedies ever made and not just that it's it's a very um a great film about you know being you, you said before about being better people and 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 you know trying to do good in every day and we need all these that. years later yeah, yeah we need a lot more of people like that or at least people that want to try to be better and that's why yeah beautiful then in the neighborhood mm. took me apart when i saw it in the cinema and i think you just need it you want more people like that. I, don't, I don't really like you i really like your phrasing on that that it just wants to make you a better person watch this film watching bill murray's transformation wants to make you a better person Listen to that, uh, UK and American governments. <laughs> Don't go stealing groundhogs, because no. that's not how you get there. Or toilet paper. <laughs> I'm on. <laughs> Your recommendability. Uh, I'm going to go five as well. Uh, this is a film that uh, many people had recommended to me. And now, what, what were people's reactions when you they said when you said I've never watched Groundhog Day? I, I may have you know been smarter, a lot smarter than I was today, and not told them, <laughs> not revealed, not divulged that information to them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can see why uh, people have recommended the film to me. It is as great as Scott purports it to be, um, and yeah, I will now be recommending it to people as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, watching it again. <laughs> Hold your horses for the next one, Helen. Um, yeah, so I mean, you can't hate on this film. I mean, what is? I mean, you can, but we will be judging you. <laughs> I, think if, I think if you're hating on Groundhog Day, then you need to kind of reassess where you are. Your um, life choices. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just, it is kind of like pretty much kind of fun for all the family type thing. So um, I'm going to give it a five. I think it's it really lives up. Um, to now, it's not really aged in any kind of bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bill Murray and Andy McDowell are great in it. There's enough humour in there um, just to entertain anyone. And yet, it's, if if you watch it and it makes you want to be a better person, then you know, it's, it's done its magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is five. This is uh, five. This. This is five. Getting guys. emotional. It's no, it's no. There's no debate. This is a five-star film. Amazing five, reason. Uh, recommend both. <laughs> it's just easily watchable. Um, if this is on any point through its running time, and I flick it on, then it's like, well, this is where I'm at for the next anywhere between five minutes and one hour and forty minutes. That's I, I'm not going to leave where I am uh, to go anywhere else because it just hooks you straight back in. Um, yeah. Delightful. I'm going to repeat viewing score. I'm going to divulge more as we go along. Repeat viewing score, Scott. 
uh, I'm going to give it a five again. Have you an idea how many times you watched this? Hundreds, hundreds. Do you reckon it's wow. that many? Yeah, it has. It has. It, yes, it has to Is be. Is this your most watched film of all time? No, 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 no. What's your most watched film of all time? That would be 1987's classic sci-fi film, Masters of the Universe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and also Mrs. Doubtfire, but that's only because okay. I try. I've tried to perfect the voice over so many years. I'm quite. I'm quite good at it. But you can't say that now and not. You know do what? Here's a here's a quick fun story. I did a junket the other day for Sulphur and White, and halfway through a two. Sometimes with junkets, you do two slots for two different people. You have to kind of do one for home entertainment or whatever. Halfway through, Dugway Scott joked with me and said, you have to go out and uh, well, you're not going to change your shirt. So why don't you come out and come in and be somebody else? Can you do a different voice? And my brain, being my brain, said, well, I can do a pretty good Mrs. Doubtfire voice. And he said the same as you, which was, shall I do the repeat? <clears throat> Oh, I wish I was in Groundhog Day, dear. That's, oh, I prefer Robin Williams. He's a lovely, lovely. Oh, that's my little, my little bit on the side. <laughs> it's there forevermore. Uh, I love Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, back to Groundhog Day. Repeat viewings. Yeah, I think a five because I've seen it a lot of times. And I think you get a lot more of the nuances the more you watch it. There's little things that you'll enjoy more. There's little things that you'll get from it. Um, you'll get more kind of subtlety from Bill Murray's performance, from mm. McDowell's performance. Uh, we haven't mentioned Howard Ramis's direction much, yeah. but I think his he, his direction is very, it's a very kind of uh, welcoming film. Um, it doesn't get in the way of Bill Murray's performance. I think their rapport together is, is so good from Ghostbusters anyway, that mm. they both understood the kind of the concept and what they could do and what they couldn't do. Um, and I think that all just adds together to, uh, to that. And again, it's one of those movies that, you can watch it and try and get something philosophical out of it. You could watch it as just a rom rom com with a bit of a high concept and still get all of the emotions you would get if you sat and watched the aforementioned Four Winners in a Funeral or uh, anything of that, or when Harry met Sally or something like that. I think it, it ticks a lot of boxes and it's really funny as well. Yeah. I'm on. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to have to agree with Scott and go five. Um, obviously, it's I'm, interesting. You've seen it standing already. You're like, <laughs> I need to see it again. Yeah. Yeah. What will you, what will you be looking out for on the next on the next viewings? I definitely think Bill Murray's performance. I'm interested to see the nuances now that I know how everything plays out. Mm. Um, I think that'll be the thing I'm most interested to really sort of you know uh, pay more attention to. Um, but yeah, I just I I enjoyed it so much watching it the first time. And I'm, you know, I want to experience that again. And, you know, <laughs> it almost feels like a rite of passage with Groundhog Day. You have to watch it again. You have to watch it at least twice. You know, it's Groundhog Day. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I'm going to go five on it. Helen. Uh, so I'm going to go uh, a little bit lower. I'm going to go with four on it. Um, I no. mean, I there's so many nice biscuits at the fine party and you can't you can't have them anymore but it's fine four <laughs> for me and Scott it's fine I've watched it I've watched it quite a few times over the year and if you said to me do you want to watch it tomorrow I'd be like mm, maybe whereas if you said do you want to watch uh, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou I'd be like definitely <laughs> so it's not quite up there um, in my bill bill um, sort of top but it is it is high up and it's interesting the, the direction apparently um, Howard Ramis, uh, Bill Murray said to him, like, uh, the direction was, am I bad Phil or am I good Phil? Yeah. And that, that was kind of how, how he got the performance. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's something that you can return to over and over again, but it's not my top repeat Bill. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going for five. Um, I don't know how many times I've rewatched this, 
but I can't stop. I can't see myself not um, rewatching it. And it, there's a period it kind of came on Netflix and watched it then, and it went off, and I was like, oh no. Now and then it came back, back and it's back on again. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And then when you chose it, I was like, yeah. Um, and as Helen said before the record, I think someone someone did pick it, but we didn't end up recording. Yeah. Did so it, something happened. Did it either. go off Netflix, or did we couldn't do the recording in the Maybe end? Maybe the record didn't get confirmed. Yeah. So yeah, we've um, it watched it fairly recently for this purposes. Um, but that's, yeah, that's great. And I don't know how many times, it's not hundreds. It's, <laughs> it's definitely in the scores of, of viewing. Double figures. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, every single time I watch it, there's a different new one. The first time I noticed Michael Shannon was quite late on in my rewatching of it. Um, even though I was a big like Boardwalk Empire fan, I was like, is that, that's Michael Shannon. <laughs> is that Michael Shannon? Um, and then you rewind it and watch Andy being like, okay, so when, so you go back and like, okay, when does he first appear in the, in the film? Because I, First time I noticed him was at the end right. when he get, when he gets given the um, the wrestling tickets. But of course he's there early because it makes they meet him in the cafe and you just think you start to f- kind of f- backfill mm-hmm. that and it's just it's just so beautiful in the way he's done that. Excellent stuff. Can we help yourself to a milk chocolate digestive? It's just over there. In the, the five in the five party. <laughs> <laughs> Small screen score, Scott. Uh, so I rewatched this on my. I shouldn't have done it, but it was easier than faffing about with plugs to watch it on my iPad. Mm-hmm. It's it's doesn't matter where you watch it. You can watch it on a plane. You can. Watch Has anyone it on, seen this in a big screen? No. I've seen it. At, I saw it at the Prince Charles a few times. Um, what's that? What's that like? It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, seeing it on on film as well because it obviously was made in ninety three. It's mm-hmm. still on film. It's not digital or anything like that. And I think again, for the old older films that are shot on film, it does give it that kind of classic feeling you get all the little rings and everything mm-hmm. else so it does add that kind of um vintageness to it if you like um so i'm going to be really boring and say five again but what was the what was your audience like at the prince charles they love it they yeah. love it and it's it's not so much a quote along but mm-hmm. they know some of the bits you know like um everybody knows the uh what the radio guy the radio djs say you know Do they go bing when they're still <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, yeah, everyone knows the, uh, do you all know it off by heart? I've seen it so many times. I kind of know what they, what his, because it isn't, I think the radio DJ that speaks is Brian Dole, Dole Murray, his brother. So he obviously plays plays the, he plays the, yeah, yeah. yeah. but I think it's his voice, the guy that says, um, okay, campers, rise and shine, don't forget your boobies because it's cold out there. Um, Rewind, you have to do it in the actual sort of accent and the energy that he does it. So three, two, one, go. Okay, campers, rise and shine. (laughs) Don't forget your boobies because it's cold out there. Better, much better. Anyway, um, I should have done it, Mr. Doubtfire. Imagine that, Mrs. Doubtfire doing the, the DJ. Booties and shakes. I think anyway. as a kid, as a kid, I didn't actually realise it was playing the same song and playing the same iteration of that again. Yeah. Uh, what you were saying about um, Life Aquatic and Steve Zizou, I think there's um, definite footprints from this into his his roles going forward when he's a slightly older, you know, through Lost in Translation and the Wes Anderson stuff. I think there's little bits, little subtleties in this performance mm. that he carries through to to those as well, which I think make it even better to watch. So um, I'm going to go for five. This is going to be really boring. Come <laughs> <laughs> on. Uh, I'm going to take my leave of the five parties uh, here, Scott. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to go four. Um, obviously, it's my first time watching it, uh, but it was very satisfying. But having been in the audience basically um <laughs> i'm really i'm divulging far too much here but um <laughs> i recently watched elf for the first time yeah 
Um, Scott's <laughs> <laughs> the back Scott's of the fact that people are shaking their heads at me very vigorously at this moment. I think Elf is more forgivable than Groundhog Day. Okay. Yeah. No, it's not. Is it? oh. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, you know, there's something special about being in the audience for a film like that mm. in the big audience. And I think uh, with Groundhog Day having reached the legendary status that it has, I think something similar will happen if you were to watch this film in a big audience, mm -hmm. in a big cinema today. Um, so whilst it was still satisfying to watch it on my own for the first time, that is something that I would like to experience. And I think that would in only make the film experience, or the, the experience of watching the film better. So I'm going to go four on that one. Helen. Um, yeah, so I've only ever seen this on TVs. And while like the thought of um, kind of a Prince Charles sort of setting does sound appealing, I'm not going to be rushing out to do that. So yeah, a five. Yeah, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for four point five. I think watching this in the Prince Charles with everyone who knows loves this film would be absolutely outstanding. Um, and yeah, I don't think it would be a quote song. It'd just be. I think I'd get further insights into where I'll just get more from the film that I hadn't picked up. Um, and every time I go to Prince Charles to watch a film that I've seen before loads of times, like True Romance, I've picked up other things where I hadn't been seen Die Hard and the Prince Charles was like, oh shit. <laughs> you just pick these things up. And I think um, this would be one of those films again. So again, it's slightly lower score because I've never seen it on the big screen, but I think Prince Charles, it would resonate uh, with me in a bit more. So I look It's strange talking about the small screen store for an older film because, you know, I don't know if I'm certainly not old enough to have seen it or didn't see it in the cinema first time round, which is a strange... I remember it coming out. You know? um, yeah, I remember it coming out. It's just strange that it, I pretty much watched it on a pretty much on the TV screen yeah. for most of my life, apart from, you know, maybe two years ago when I saw it at Prince Charles for the first time. So, I mean, I mean, you, I did ask you what, what was that like, but were people dressed up as characters or were people no, it wasn't, sounding it, out at, the, at certain points? Yeah, point, so yeah. it wasn't... Obviously, they do the quote-alongs for films like Elf, yeah, uh, they do quote alongs. They obviously do the sing-alongs where if you go to, you know, whether it's La La Land or whether it's Frozen or whatever yeah. it is, they obviously have an engagement. Um, I think this is more that people people laugh. You, you see the subtleties where people laugh. You see the subtleties where people maybe afterwards you can hear them talking about something where you go, oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Maybe what they think it's about or what you know, Bill Murray is with whether it is a purgatory thing or remember someone saying about it being um, God's just playing a trick on him or something like that. You get all those things out of it. But there was definitely an interaction with, you know, the the share song and the, the DJs mm. and maybe little bits where he's, uh, you know, laughing at, you know, whether he's putting his cake in his mouth or little quotes or little things. I think there was one where people were really, really laughing at the bit where he goes to the cinema as the cowboy. Oh yeah, and he's like uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. two, two, one adult and uh, two oh, adults, I guess two, two adults, <laughs> and it was just Walker's laughter. You think that's really funny, but when you watch it with an audience, it's people absolutely wetting themselves. And I was like, I didn't think it was that, that big a laugh, yeah. but okay. So you get all of that as well, um, and just as you say, the kind of community thing. You're all there to watch a film that you really love whereas what we, you know what we do we can go and see a screening and you can tell people don't like it it's very like sterile it. you're going to see it yeah. with Pete, an audience that absolutely love it the same same as you yeah no, it, it changes the game when everyone who's if, if, if it's a respectful audience it changes the game because hmm. if everyone if everyone is reacting to the same thing at the same time in the same way that's why cinema is unparalleled yeah i mean i i love netflix i love amazon i love all the streaming platforms but they can't replicate that 
And I think for a film like Groundhog Day, it'll only be that much more special. So, Engagement score. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be embarrassed. I know where you're going to go. Uh, so just put it two there. and a half. No, I'm going for five. Um, two and a half times two. We're, we're on the previous episode that me and Amon were we talked about Inside Man, didn't we? About how the kind of the subtleties and the... Um, watching how how smart the film is and and mm. and watching it within the first sort of couple of minutes where you get the music and then you get Clive Owen's character telling you what the movie's about but not telling you what the movie's about with Groundhog Day like like you said before they get into it so quick that you're you're just you're mm. in the world straight away and then when the first loop comes you want to see more and more and more um and I I don't think I've maybe I'm wrong and haven't maybe I don't meet the right people, but I haven't met anybody that hasn't, like you say, if it's on, they'll sit and watch it and sit it all, sit mm. and watch it all the way through. If it's on Netflix and it pops up, you'll probably, and you just want something to watch, you'll pop it in, whether you watch it to get a lot out of it or you just watch it because it's Bill Murray being funny in a, in with a groundhog. <laughs> um, you know, that sounded really, really horrible, didn't it? It's Bill not Murray. that kind of film, people. It's not that kind of film, yeah. <laughs> Don't watch the un uncut version. It's terrible. But I think anyone that sits and watches it... Release the Davis get, cut. Release the Davis cut, yeah. yeah. Hashtag Davis cut. Good Lord. Dark places. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think any, whenever it's on, if it's on TV, you know, if it's on a Sunday afternoon at two o'clock in the afternoon on, on ITV, you're going to just sit and watch it. And I think even if you do that on Netflix as well, if you see it pop up on your thing, you're going to sit and watch it and get so much out of it on every single time. So I just think it's, it's just, I'm going to say the word, I haven't said it yet. It is a masterpiece. Oh, he dropped it, the it, M word. It just, it just, <laughs> it just is. Look how many retweets and likes on Groundhog Day. Look at that. Um, I'm on. I am going to go four on engagement Strong. score. Um, I obviously really enjoyed it. I was very satisfied with it. It would depend on when. It depend. It will depend on at what point I started watching Groundhog Day, uh, as to whether or not I would finish it. Because as someone who's only watched it once, mm. the reason why it was so satisfying is because I got to see that full journey, and I haven't mm. memorized all this all Groundhog Day to the point where. I, if I had to start watching it halfway through, I know sort of, you know, how much I still got left to go mm -hmm. and all the funny bits and all that sort of stuff. Um, a lot of the joy with this movie for me is that I got to see the full journey from, you know, asshole to better dude and the love story in between. And I got to see all those beats and everything else. So it's going to take me a few more rewatches uh, to the point where I've memorized more of it. Then I can sort of confidently say you know I could start watching Groundhog Day halfway through and sure. uh, oh no I, would, I want to rewatch that bit and that bit so I'm just going to sit and rewatch the rest of it so that is why I'm giving it a four instead of a five Helen yeah I'm, I'm, I'm going to go um, with you Amon I'm going to go with a four as well I think this is kind of a plus thing and a minus thing technically with the engagement but Groundhog Day for me is the kind of film that I can come to at any point in its runtime and kind of sit down and enjoy it um it could be halfway through, it could be 10 minutes towards the end, it could be at the very start. Um, so for me, I don't I don't have to be 100% kind of engaged from the start and the finish. And because I've seen it so many times now, I like for this, because I kind of knew quite a lot of stuff, I was quite enjoying getting into the trivia at the same time as watching it. So you're IMDb-ing, were you? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, because it was Dual screening. interesting to go there. I know, but... I'd, seen it fairly recently and it's it's kind of 
got that sort of pace about it that you 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 can join it like that. So four. Four, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go five. Boom. Um, <laughs> every single time, it's something new to the film, and I think it's great. And there's very few films I have that for me where there's literally every single time there's something new to it. Um, and that gives us an overall score of 4.71875. That's super high, that That's is. super high. Let's do, if you go to our uh, website, flickswatch.tv forward slash scoreboard, and you can have a look and see the top films. And this is number three. Ooh. Wow. That's right. Let's hold on. Let's that just, just double high. check that score again. 4.71875. I thought yeah. this would be slightly higher. I thought this might. So uh, the top is When Harry Met Sally, which is 4.78125. I, I did think this might topple it, but Ooh. number three, uh, just above what we do in the shadows, is it's in good company. It's in good company. I think it's that, that we've done, this is like, we've done well over 150 films at this point. Yep. So this is A grade Flicks Watcher territory. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one this is one that kind of has done well across yeah. all of the scores which is not an easy task to do no not at all um Bing. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to as always we before going into the record we put a shout out on twitter and in this case we are reviewing groundhog day hashtag groundhog day with a woman and scott writes films have you seen it give us your thoughts for an on-air shout out on flicks watcher we didn't have that many did we have that many responses i think we just had one um we had one guy Doing a Groundhog Dayism. He did a funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to take that? Uh, yeah. So there's a, yeah. Uh, Lee Thomas at Lee Thomas Five uh, who said Groundhog Day is a terrific movie I could watch over and over again. Arguably Bill Murray's best. And then uh, further down, he repeated it again in a very, very funny Groundhog Day manner. <laughs> yeah. You also gave the movie five star. Five star. Yeah. Yeah. What was the one with the cats? Oh, uh, that was me replying to. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Replying to his gag. Yeah, it's clever. I like that. Um, guys, thank you very much for joining us. Can you tell the guys uh, who are listening, dear listener, uh, where they can find you online? And um, one final plug and say goodbye. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Scott Writes From. Uh, you can also find all of my uh, interviews and things on uh, heyyouguys.com and on our YouTube channel, uh, slash heyyouguys blog, I think it is. But uh, if you head over there, you can see my lovely face talking to <laughs> some famous people. Yeah. Uh, I am on Twitter at a woman. You can find uh, all my musings on film and TV there. I am also on YouTube. My YouTube channel name is Amonymous. There's a theme here. Um, <laughs> you can find all my montages there. I'll also be on the Fate of Black podcast and... Uh, I don't think we've got a Twitter yet. We might do uh, when, when this episode comes out. Um, but I'd, I'd hope so. It's yeah. free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we'll be on uh, iTunes, on Spotify, at the very least, uh, with new episodes weekly. So check those out. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. Bye. Peace. Bye. Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood audio tell them flicks what you sent you
You just heard a stripped media production. 